This is a 3CR community radio podcast. In Psychedelia is broadcast every Sunday from 2pm. For more info on anything you hear in the show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Back after a bit of a COVID-19 reshuffle, uh, but I think we've got things in order now and we're on Facebook Live every Sunday from 1.30 uh, to collect content for the show because this is bits and pieces that we're collecting through the week uh, with video included. On today's show, you're going to be hearing from Dr. Stephen Bright from uh, uh, AOD Media Watch and uh, Sione Crawford and Steph Genetis from Harm Reduction Victoria talking drug policy and COVID-19. First up, Dysphemic with Awaken. The oak forms, the acorn awakens the seed. Awaken my dreams, awake when they grieve. We make our beliefs become, make them believe that freedom is ours when creating our dreams. You know, this Look at that. I attract what I want and what I want attracts me. A magnet for magic, I manifest dreams. Whatever I think is what I get to see. So I'm thinking the thoughts that'll benefit me. Align with the force so that'll let me be free. Of the melody of sanity and let me be me. Get rid of the enemies that would infect me. With a sickness of thought like I got a vaccine. Getting rid of every bit of the toxoplasmosis. Hitting with the realness and ask the prognosis. Ferocious, swarming the bats a lot. Locusts injecting the cerebral of consciousness. It's called meditation and mindfulness. Feel present to the presence where the silence is. Sitting, listening, and to the finest shit. In the inner realm, and in the finest bliss. That's where you find me aligned with this. Infinite spirit. The divinest, yes. Entering the zone, but I'm letting the unknown get up in me and I'm chilling and just letting it unfold. Knowing what I know, I ain't gotta find a flow. I just gotta let it go, it'll find me quick. Like searching inside for the finest gold. When I find that I ride it, I ride it slow. When I listen to the spirit, I'm inspired though. Inspired to rip it up and guide the ship into the depth of uncertainty. Ride to the depth and be the first to see. See, like, see, sight, certainly. See, my eye, they alive with the certainty. But the spirit that's inside is the birth of me. But am I really alive or is it all a dream? The oak forms, the acorn awakens the seed. Awaken my dreams, awake when they grieve We make our beliefs become, make them believe That freedom is ours when creating our dreams The old forms, the acorn, awakens the seed Awaken my dreams, awake when they grieve We make our beliefs become, make them believe That freedom is ours when creating our dreams Another vibe, so when the rings around you on a double time, wanna fight, provide you with a punchline plus side negative effect. This is subside, running high behind you, one hit, wonder, lightning strike twice to hear the thunder. Full time, okay, now nah, you malfunction, cool, so I breeze, I'll feed you in the tundra, and under. Then the record's in effect, body or subordinate and feminine attempts ascending too soon, then top of the bends. Decompression spell went to your head, better than the rest of fade off contenders. Wanna come ahead, you'll end up dismembered, be my guest. Enter in the threshold, hold like a doormat, smelling you welcome. Let's go, a little bit mental, I'm bringing the sizzle in infrared spectrum. Get reception if this was a cell phone Weak at the full bars, you're in the dead zone Unplugged, the hell with the trench coat Let it win the window to the metal in the temple Fuck the petrol, full lead momentum I'm in stress, shown for the second that I get going To the next show, set, get a headstone Don't drink juice, the minutes are central Spout verbal test and rehearsal And spell this verse so intense and my pen broke Sticking to the rhythm like Velcro Blending my mixtures as if it was techno An Xboxer, you're a Nintendo Not a Game Boy as I'm born in a chess board The oak forms, the acorn awakens the seed Awaken my dreams, awake when they we make our beliefs become, make them believe that freedom is ours when creating our dreams. The old forms, the acorn awakens the seed, awaken my dreams, awake when they grieve. We make our beliefs become, make them believe that freedom is ours when creating our dreams. On Monday, 
Friday the 23rd of March, 3CR closed its doors to all presenters so that we could do our bit to help stop the spread of COVID-19. We understand that it's important for people to be able to stay at home at this time in order to reduce the number of people affected and thereby reduce the stress on our health system. Since the 3CR shutdown, programmers and volunteers have been working remotely to create new content and produce their show from home. We'll continue to bring you dynamic, up-to-date community radio during the COVID-19 crisis, so keep listening. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. The St Vincent's Hospital Melbourne Emergency Appeal is raising funds to support our frontline staff. Funds raised through the appeal are being used to immediately purchase urgently needed equipment. Please donate today. Call 9231 or visit stvfoundation.org.au. St Vincent's Foundation is a 3CR supporter. This is in Sacadelia. Sione Crawford is the Executive Officer of Harm Reduction Victoria and we caught up during the week to chat about how COVID-19 and the restrictions might negatively affect marginalised populations, in particular people who use drugs. Number one, I think that especially um, the community of people who inject drugs have been part of you know, a, an epidemic response for quite some time, whether it was HIV or, or hepatitis C. Um, laterally, um, harm reduction, um, taking care of your community, um, taking care and understanding how viruses spread. You know, it's something that um, our organisation, our community were really founded on in some ways. Um, but this is another order of magnitude, I suppose, of complexity because of the social component or the lack of social component to it. And um, we watched as the lockdowns sort of went through the different stages, um, becoming more and more strict. And I think that it's really important to say from the get-go that, um, you know, HRVIC is a public health organisation. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we've helped respond to HIV, um, to hepatitis C, and to a number of other sort of issues uh, that our community have faced over the years. So we understand the necessity for taking action quickly and taking action to stop the spread of something, especially into really vulnerable communities. So we have to balance an understanding of that with, um, I suppose, working through a nuanced response to how, uh, working through a nuanced response to how this affects our community. Um, because um, HRVIC is a, a broad church. And so I suppose we'll talk about a few different communities of people who use drugs, but there is certainly one um, community who I guess we'd say are highly mar marginalised and vulnerable. Um, so people, you know, for instance, that are highly, that are quite dependent on on drugs and uh, on illicit drug use and may um, need to sort of acquire them daily. Uh, that group of people um, will, I think, be disproportionately affected by the lockdown. They're already quite a visible sort of cohort of people. Um, 
and are already um, sort of have lots of interactions with the police, um, they can't just suddenly not go about their business, unfortunately. And even if they were able to to stop using and stop um, and, and, and attempt to, to not be dependent uh, on illicit drugs, um, we don't necessarily have the services to provide to help them get through that. So there are sort of a, a range of issues that uh, intersect to make um, the lives of some people very tenuous at the moment. And we've already seen, <clears throat> I mean, there was an article this morning in uh, one, of the new, one of the online papers around uh, the number of fines that have been um, given out in Victoria and New South Wales, which are the two states that are actually reporting that, which is something. Um, and it's, it's, it's clear that uh, already people uh, in our cohort are included in this. And I'm not sure which state it was, but certainly someone um, was given a fine, I think after warnings um, for washing uh, windscreens at an intersection, for instance. And that's a, a way that a lot of people who are in tenuous circumstances sort of raise money. So I guess that's the sort of thing I'm thinking about is uh, how um, we we work to help protect people in vulnerable circumstances while not um, running counter completely to the public health necessity of lockdown. Two points um, interested in uh, expanding on is um, w what we've seen in, in other parts of the world. I think in New Zealand, um, there's other parts of the world too. Oh, and I think in New South Wales, actually, in, uh, in, in New South Wales, uh, they have been looking at uh, reducing the prison populations uh, because of the strain uh, of the coronavirus on uh, those resources um, and removing people with certain kinds of, of charges from those facilities. But we'll get back to that in a second because um, one thing that I'm really uh, interested in, it's, there's something that um, those uh, listening and watching uh, might be able to help out with, uh, is information... We're looking for just uh, any any kind of um, information that you might have, your direct experiences or things that you've heard. Um, not too much of a, a rumour mill, please, but interested to hear what's going on with the black markets now, with, with, with drug trends, um, because people are undoubtedly also changing their own use um, uh, because they might be home more, um, they might be more stressed, they, uh, mm -hmm. uh, or a number of things might be going on. They might have recently lost their job. Um, so we want to we want to sort of um, you know get a grasp of what's going on. And the best way to do that is for you to get in, in touch with us, um, I suppose, uh, via um, the HRVIC website. Um, that's probably the the best place to go. I think there's a contact form there. Um, but yeah, I, so yeah, drug trends. I mean, we don't know very much at the moment other than what we've heard. Have you heard much? So um, I think it's important to say that um, um, we don't know much yet bec because things change. So uh, because things are changing so quickly and um, the traditional ways that we get sort of empirical information about this uh, are typically months behind. Um, but what I would imagine, if you think about the way that different forms of illicit drugs make their way into the country, um, there are a range of ways. And, um, you know, we see in the news, um, we see in the news illicit drug uh, interceptions at the border, uh, in containers uh, and shipping containers and whatnot. Uh, but we also know that individuals 
um, tend to bring drugs into the country uh, on their persons or in their luggage as well. And obviously that, uh, certainly the second um, approach uh, has been restricted now. Um, and that might be, uh, some parts of the population might think that's a good thing. Um, but what we need to be careful about are what the downstream effects are, exactly as you say, what the downstream effects are from that. So let's speculate that potentially there's, an op- there's a potential opportunity for there to be um, uh, less heroin on the uh, markets in Australia, for instance. So what yeah. does that really mean? What that means is that in a situation where people are isolated already, um, they are going to be getting sick and detoxing at home. Um, they are not necessarily going to have as good access to um, to traditional detox and rehab type facilities because those are usually group facilities, which uh, I think, um, you know, uh, will have social distancing issues in place. And I'm not sure exactly what the impact on beds and so on are in Victoria at the moment. Like you say, I've been out of the loop a little bit. Um, but what I do know is that we have a pharmacotherapy system which is sort of a substitution system, uh, the medically treated, uh, uh, sorry, medically assisted treatment of opioid dependence. Um, we have a system in Victoria which is very community-based and, and relies upon uh, GPs and community pharmacies. <clears throat> and um, that often feels like it's at capacity and feels very difficult for people, especially new people, to navigate. So uh, we need to be there with information for them. And, you know, there is um, HRVIC has a PAN service, which you can look at online. Um, um, but there is also uh, a 24-7 uh, Victoria um, service called D- Direct Line. I don't have the 1-800 number off the top of my head. Sorry, Nick, maybe you could add it to the end of this. Um, yeah, I'll, but that's, I'll that's the sort of one. That's the thank you. That's the first stop for people wanting to access treatment. So you asked me not to speculate too much, but I would say that possibly there there may be an impact on um, on the amount of heroin. And what we often know is that how that uh, how that has tended to uh, to make itself known in the past is that. Drugs tend to become less pure. They tend to have other uh, adulterants added to them. Um, and while that might uh, help with um, drugs not being uh, as strong, um, it can also be uh, an issue like, uh, you know, adulterants being added to to illicit drugs is always a bit of a risk. And that's Harm Reduction Victoria's Executive Officer, Sione Crawford, uh, talking to us a little bit about um, how COVID-19 restrictions and uh, potential flow-ons onto the market might then have a flow-on onto the effects onto people who use drugs. Uh, If you have any information on trends or concerns that you're aware of, get in touch with us. Npsychedelia.org, Facebook or Twitter or head to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Coming up, we're speaking with AOD Media Watch's Dr. Stephen Bright. Uh, he's over in WA at Curtin University and talks to us a little bit about how um, there has been some evidence of panic buying of alcohol and potential for panic buying of um, illicit substances and um, trends on the, uh, on the um, dark, dark net markets. This is in Psychedelia. G'day, this is John Safran and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Radical Radio, 855 AM. Yes, 3CRs holding on to AM 
and you might think that's antiquated, but you wait when the uh, when all the FM towers are taken out and the you know the internet's pulled offline. 3CR will still be standing, just 3CR, the cockroaches, and you.
Farmer with Droplets from the album Aquatic Collective, Standing with the Waters, a benefit album for Standing Rock. Entheogenesis Australis has been providing 20 years of critical thinking and balanced discussion on pharmacology, neurosciences, philosophy, anthropology, history and related areas of study on medicinal plants and related compounds. Altered states of consciousness have long been a fundamental part of human culture and we are only now beginning to understand the role psychedelics will play in our future. Over 60 professionally produced videos from previous conferences. Visit youtube.com forward slash entheo TV. That's E-N-T-H-E-O-T-V. The molecular changes based on feedback from our environment is what makes us each a unique biochemical individual. Entheogenesis Australis is a not-for-profit organisation that supports a fact-based approach towards drug use, research and policy development. Visit YouTube Entheo TV. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card, and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Are you a person with a disability? If you are an Australian citizen, a permanent resident or a recently accepted refugee or humanitarian entrant under the age of 65, you are able to apply for access to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. If you have met access requirements, the National Disability Insurance Scheme, also known as the NDIS, will help you access the government-funded supports you need. To find out more, visit the NDIS website or go to your nearest NDIS partner office and ask for a language interpreter to help you. NIDA and NDIA are sponsors of this radio station. And Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. On last week's Facebook Live video with Dr Stephen Bright from AOD Media Watch, he talks to us about the COVID-19 public health response in WA and emerging trends of panic buying in a variety of drug markets. Well, I, I feel actually very grateful to be talking to you here from Western Australia because I work at Edith Cowan University where we're based in Perth, Western Australia. And the West Australian government has actually been, they've really stepped up to managing the COVID situation. Um, we were the first state in the country to put restrictions around alcohol purchasing because that's been one of the things I've been interested in following. There's been clear data showing up to an 80% increase in people spending on alcohol in the past two weeks. Um, so, you know, whether the restrictions that have been put on place, I, I think with a lot of these issues, it's about balancing the equation. So I think, um, you know, on one hand, we bottle shops are deemed an essential service because we don't want people going into alcohol withdrawal, particularly people who are alcohol dependent because that's a life-threatening medical situation and would put additional strain on an already strained healthcare system. And on the other side of the spectrum, we don't want people going out panic buying um, alcohol. And there is some evidence from overseas, particularly from the UK and Hamilton's written a piece on the conversation looking at um, panic buying of illicit drugs. Um, and, and I guess, you know, the implications that social isolation has on accessing 
illicit drugs. And I think in Australia, again, we're fairly well placed in terms of um, having a high per capita rate use of crypto markets so that you know drugs continue to be delivered through the postal system. Um, and, and as far as I can tell, anecdotally, there's been no empirical research done yet. I mean, this, this whole situation is emerging so quickly. Um, a lot of information is anecdotal rather than empirical, but certainly people are not reporting any issues in being able to access illicit drugs via crypto markets. And then there's the issue, as you mentioned, prescription drugs. So West Australia, um, you know, I think the pharmacists here must be um, applauding the government as well because they've introduced um, legislation which allows pharmacists to refill a script um, without the person having a script. So if you come into a WA pharmacist with a packet of medication uh, with your name on it, with photo ID and a Medicare card, then the pharmacist is able to provide you with a month's supply of that medication with no script to be able to reduce the pressure being put on our GPs. Um, and of course, that's done with the, the pharmacist's clinical decision-making. So, you know, if you wanted to fill a script of, say, temazepam or some um, oxycodone, then they may be less likely to, to fill that than, say, some um, uh, medication for your blood pressure or something like that. So, I guess in Western Australia, we, we there's um, delivery of um, safe, safe injecting equipment, so clean needles and syringes are being delivered to people in rural areas. It's not clear what's happening yet in terms of the, the metro area, but we, we're actually in a foot. We're in a, um, as of Tuesday, um, we went into regional lockdown. So not only is the state got a hard border as of 12 o'clock midnight tonight, but within our state, it's been broken down into nine geographical regions, which means I can't travel um, from Perth to uh, you know, 30 or 40 kilometres north without having documentation to indicate that it's necessary for me to travel there. So with those restrictions being put in place, um, it's still not clear what drug services are going to be doing in terms of responding to the situation as it emerges, but I'm keeping in close contact with WNADA, which is the WA state peak body for AOD here in Western Australia. Dr Stephen Bright uh, from Curtin University and AOD Media Watch talking to us on last week's Facebook Live, which did have some pretty awful technical problems that I apologise for. We are working things out as we go. Um, I've ordered some new equipment this week, so I'm hoping that this week it'll go much smoother. Um, so do tune in on Facebook Live Sunday at 1.30pm. Uh, and we were talking with Stephen Bright about the effects of restrictions on the community in, w, uh, in WA. Uh, this is in Psychedelia on 3CR, 855am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. And back in Victoria, Sioni from HR Vic talks uh, about some of the community discussions on the government's response, opening the discussion wider on how we govern in the 21st century. There is a lot of hope that, well, the government can turn on a dime and just decide to spend billions and trillions, in the case of America, of dollars on welfare and on uh, looking after people. It is possible. Um, and they will, have, and governments will, of course, say this is a, a once in a sort of century uh, thing to do. Um, but if um, if we don't just go back to business as usual, which I think is what a lot of people really want us to be able to do at the end of this, if it ends. Um, but if we actually maybe take on some of the gains and maybe think about things like a universal basic income, if this. Um, pandemic goes on for much longer maybe that will become something that's actually viable when you look at some of the things that different governments including our own have brought in look it's not 
a, a universal income, basic income, but it's not as far removed from it as it used to be. And I think that if we can, sh you know, there's that, um, is it, what's the window? Is it the Overton window? If you can just yep. slowly, you know, change people's, not slowly, sorry, but gradually change people's perceptions of what's possible and what's needed, uh, we might come out of this with a more caring society if we're lucky. Um, but I do worry that um, a number of the major economies that are affected by this, the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, um, our governments are not, um, they're not... Um, Perhaps open to that idea? <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. more conservative than me. Yeah, I, um, I mean... I, I would love that to be the case, Nick. I'm, um, I, I sort I of hope that maybe in these times, because we have been um, such a divided world over the past decade, we've just seen, um, uh, I think we've, we've seen a shifting of that Overton window on a global level um, toward more... Um, uh, conservative con and controlled sort of um, social ideas and controlled ideas of how to run things and sort of big big man attitude that's um, a little bit unnerving. But I, I just, I feel like these things, um, I, I know what you're saying when you, you don't want to, you know, make it sound like it's a positive thing, but this is one of the things that we should recognise from from history, from all the, uh, all the times um, of, of, of troubles that we've seen in history. There is always something to learn, especially through these big um, global things, especially that we saw in, in the 20th century, for example, with the, um, with the world wars, innovations, priorities change, people, um, people adapt and change. That's one of the great things that we're, we're very good at doing, um, adapting and changing to, to new things. And I, we, we shouldn't underestimate that. And I hope that maybe it'll start to get, uh, more progressive and more conservative people starting to realise that they might have all sorts of ideas, but we need to all work together in a, in a closer space and, and find the good in each side of um, of doing these sorts of things. In in sometimes being in being progressive on an issue, and sometimes conserving something and protecting something, and 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 being careful about that, finding that mixture. Yeah, I think. Um I think you're right, and that makes me think of of a, of a, of a couple of, of points, actually. One is that <clears throat> I suppose you could say World War One, the Great Depression, World War Two, with plus the Spanish flu, I suppose, when you throw that in there, those are three or four massive convulsions for the planet. And a number of things came out of that, including the Cold War, uh, which was slightly negative, but... Uh, also, what came out of that was the United Nations, and that's one of the things that's been sort of questioned a lot, a lot over the past few years um, by certain leaders. And and yet, where that came from was about global cooperation and about putting aside our differences, I suppose. And it was very, you know, that utopian idea. And I think that <clears throat> one of the reasons is because people were so tired from, you know, society as a whole was so tired of the wars. Um, and of, I suppose, people were trying to be dragged into things that, uh, that, that ruined their societies. Uh, and so there was an appetite for that, for that change. Um, and if uh, something similar can come out of this, um, that would indeed be a, a positive. Um, and, and what that makes me think about really is that, um, you know, going back to what we were talking about in terms of Perhaps COVID nineteen being 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 an opportunity for society and for individuals to think about what's important and what's really relevant. I think that um, uh, 
without, although I have my criticisms um, or I have my reservations, I suppose, about the way that the lockdown laws in Victoria are going to impact on highly vulnerable people. Um, I know that there are um, exemptions for homeless people, but homelessness actually encompasses, in reality, encompasses a really wide range of situations and not just being without a home. Uh, it can be, uh, and, and so I, I don't think that um, I don't think that's going to solve everything. Um, but what I would say is that I think we're actually seeing in Australia the difference between a federal response and a state response, and how the state is actually in charge of the things that really, really, really impact on our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, and I think that watching the difference between um, the Victorian response and the federal response and the leaders of each of those governments have been really interesting over the past couple of weeks because I have had the opportunity being on leave for a couple of weeks to look at the paper every morning and it felt mm. to me a lot like, without wanting to suck up, it felt a lot like Daniel Andrews was coming on in the morning to clean up uh, and, and clarify on what Scott Morrison was talking about the night before. I, th um, I think um, I, I feel a bit of deja vu with that. Didn't we just do that? Wasn't there some kind of fiery disaster that Australia just <laughs> went through? <laughs> My gosh, and, what are you up? Where are we? March? Be too, April. <laughs> that's right. And without wanting to be too party political about it, what I would hope is that um, people understand the the importance of politics on our lives, the actual impact that it has on our lives, because I think that there is a massive switch off from politics and politicians because they are so mistrusted by by so many people and, and understandably so in our society. And yet it's so important that we're part of this um, process that actually we, we genuinely get the governments we deserve, I think, as a society, to be really honest with you. And I think that... Um, um, I, I think that if... Uh, if people can become more engaged in how uh, our governments actually impact on our day-to-day -day lives through this, I guess that would be, be something else as well. We're broadcasting from isolation on Insychedelia, 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. Just hearing from Sione Crawford, the Executive Officer of Harm Reduction Victoria, uh, head to their website, hrvic.org.au forward slash covid 19 U and they've got a whole collection of resources there uh, for people who use drugs. Soon we're going to be hearing from Ash, who's going to uh, talk to us a little bit about what he's been hearing about what's going on uh, with drug markets. And right now, one to take you to places you might rather be. This is Dysphemic from his album Mind Bandit with To The Forest. You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast.
This is in Psychedelia. Get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We've also got some videos up, and every Sunday at 1.30 we'll be on Facebook Live, uh, hopefully with a lot few, fewer glitches this time. We're going to be recording interviews all through the week and playing them for you on this program and in the podcast. Right now, over to Ash to talk about uh, what he's seen in trends. So something that um, I've seen sort of pop up in, in some of the discussion, it, it's not so much trends as concerns. Um, it's, it's difficult to know trends like data is pretty hard in the illicit drug market in general. So expecting there to be good data right now, like, just something that's not going to happen. But um, there, there was a good article a few days ago in Crikey, uh, quoted um, Melinda Lucas from the Alcohol and Drug Foundation. And the article talked about a couple of um, kind of risk factors in the market. So one of them we've already mentioned, and that's the risk of people overdosing at home, particularly if they've um, stockpiled and they're maybe not... Uh, not that great at kind of managing or moderating their use, which is entirely reasonable in the current circumstances to, to be feeling the pressure and, and uh, everything that's going on. So there's a risk of overdose, but there's also disruption to markets. And so those disruptions to markets might create issues with substitution, which happens frequently in drug markets when there is interruption to supply. So Interruption to cannabis supply might mean that people use some of the synthetic cannabinoid products. It might mean for people using um, opiates, if they can't use their, their normal class of opiates, they might shift to something else, which has a different overdose risk. So there's a, a, a kind of, we don't know which of these things might happen in, in what ways, but there's, there's certainly risks there. Um, 
One of the other things that I wanted to bring up, uh, sort of come back to that Steve mentioned before, um, you were speaking about people ordering over the um, uh, the crypto markets. Now that's that's kind of a thing that um, I guess exacerbates some of the the class problems that happen in drug prohibition. There's been a couple of articles over the last week, and one in particular from the Townsville Bulletin, where uh, I think it was three men from Palm Island were charged with breaching quarantine, and they were also charged with um, some, I think it was some drug possession charges and maybe a supply charge. Like it seems that they they took a dinghy to Townsville to, you know, get some drugs to see them through uh, their isolation. That's what appears may have been happening. But I think that's something that we might see more of, and it's a real concern with, um, I guess, a disparity in policing. So the, the kind of people that are already over-targeted in, um, in policing drug prohibition might be more at risk at the moment, particularly if they have dependence issues, um, as they, for them, it's an essential item, right? It's, it's, it's like buying toilet paper or, or alcohol, like which is considered an yeah. uh, essential item. Certainly. Yeah, I, so I think, we've already seen a few people detected about over this, and I think that's something that it certainly worries me about the way that things are being policed. You're listening to 3CR. We're at this time we're bringing you slightly different programming than usual. But rest assured, we're still here, bringing you radical, alternative current affairs, music and community language programming. Stay tuned to 3CR. Viruses like flu and coronavirus spread when tiny droplets from coughs and sneezes land on surfaces that others touch. You can help reduce this risk by coughing or sneezing into your elbow or upper arm. Or use a tissue and put the tissue in the bin straight after. Then wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet. www.3cr.org.au Before the break, you were hearing part of our Facebook Live chat from last weekend uh, with Ash talking about drug trends. We're doing live streams on Facebook with special guest interviews at 1.30 on Sunday uh, every weekend on the lead up to the show on 3CR at 2pm. So please, if you're on Facebook, tune in next week. Back to HR Vic, where Sioni is talking about how facts have been communicated during this time. I find it, I just, I found it really interesting as COVID took off and as it became more and more important for, for factual information to get out to every single person, whether they were uh, a person who watched the ABC uh, or whether it was a person who um, watched TikTok, what I did find interesting was that um, it did seem like actually some of these large actors like uh, social media actors who have been criticised in the past actually were able to um, make it clear how important real information is at this time. And it's almost as though, well, because this is health information, we can intervene. Um, but when it's politics or something else, um, you know, we have to just let people... Uh, you know, express themselves freely and talk, you know, just talk lies, basically. I find it interesting that they were able to take on, a, a, you know, some degree of social responsibility at this point, which was uh, interesting and and, um, and, and, and le- leaves me hopeful, but 
I just want to really um, touch on something else you mentioned there about people using um, technology for good, so to speak, or things we would think were good. I mean, um, a, a friend of mine is involved in a collective uh, who um, sort of self-organised through um, WhatsApp and Telegram groups and whatnot, and um, they, um, you know, include people who are squatting. And they've left, you know, that person and their friends have sort of put together caches of food around Melbourne that are accessible to people from that community should they need it in an emergency. And that have made that clear how to access that food in an emergency. Um, that same group of people were able to stop um, uh, a group of people being evicted from their um, residence. Um, by group action organised across social media, um, just last, just just this week actually. <clears throat> so I think that you know, um, those sort of things will go on, but they're just never really talked about in, in mainstream media, and it's much um, more interesting to hear about Donald Trump's lies today. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China. We're gonna all be great. We're gonna be so good. This came up, it, it, it came up so suddenly. This is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you had to do is look at other countries. The coronavirus, you know that, right? Coronavirus. And this is their new hoax. We're 15 people in this massive country. And because of the fact that we went early, we went early, we could have had a lot more than that. We're doing great. Our country is doing so great. I think 3CR is the voice of the people speaking back to the establishment and telling them what they think and sometimes it's something they don't want to hear. One of the things that this this crisis may show people is just how important government actually can be and it would be good to know that the next step from that is that we are part of that and to not just disassociate from it because it's because it's frustrating or because you feel like you have no control. Uh, because it, I think if a lot of people spend a lot more time on on uh, thinking about um, uh, how to make change in their local community uh, or how to help, I suppose, or I, I don't want to say think about politics, but how to actually make change through being engaged in our in our in the systems we have as um, uh, as frustrating as they can be sometimes um, we could actually um, you know make the changes that we that we all want but uh, it's uh, certainly not going to happen if we spend all our time just thinking about conspiracy theories all day yeah uh, thank you, Siani, uh, very much for this uh, chat. It's been good to good to talk, and you'll be you'll be back in the uh, HR Vic uh, office chair in your um, spare room next week. I don't. Yeah, I haven't been that far away from it really, but uh, it's been it's been great to have a bit of a break. No, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's still going to contact you on holiday. I'm sure anybody that's uh, been any kind of management position will realise that. Yeah, you, you try on holiday, and you have to you have to get really stern with the boundaries. And unfortunately, global pandemics are good for certain boundaries, perhaps um, yeah. more difficult for other ones. Like uh, what's going on? Um, I do want to. Thank you. I'll I'll sort of like I'll I'll tail it off there and um, edit it. Yep. Can I just um, like finish with a bit with a big thank you to the HR Vic team again, um, Jane. Uh, from Jane right through to everyone who's involved at Harm Reduction Victoria over the past uh, few weeks. Water brings healing and life. 
COVID-19 is a sickness that can spread from person to person. It can be dangerous, especially for our elders or people who are already unwell. We can all help stop the spread in our communities. Cover a cough with the inside of your elbow instead of your hand. Wash your hands with soap for at least 20 seconds after you cough or sneeze. Go to the toilet and before you make any food. Keep away from people who are sick, coughing or sneezing. Avoid going to places where there are lots of people. At this time, it is best to stay at home and away from other people as much as we can. If you're feeling unwell, have a fever, cough or sore throat, or worried about someone else, phone your doctor, clinic or medical service right away for advice. It is important to stay connected and strong as a community and keep our mob safe. Visit health.gov.au or your local health service for more information. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. Community radio is your antidote to social isolation. Stay connected and listen to 3CR. 855 AM, 3CR digital and streaming and podcasting online at 3cr.org.au. Get your copy of 3CR's magnificent book. It's a stunning history of the people, programs and issues at the station since 1976. On sale now for the amazing price of just $20. Pick one up at the station or jump online and place your order. Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR. On sale now for $20. This is Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, 3CR Digital and 3CR.org.au, broadcasting from isolation. Uh, but we are doing some live things. We're putting some live things uh, online onto Facebook. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. You can check out our YouTube channel now. We're uh, taking little pieces out from the program that you might um, be more interested in, might be more shareable, might be something that you might be able to share uh, with uh, somebody that you want to um, demonstrate the nuance in, in drug policy too. Um, anyway, that's all on our YouTube, our Facebook, our Instagram and our Twitter. Uh, now back to our conversation from last week's Facebook Live uh, with Steph Chinettis from Dancewise, uh, Dr Stephen Bright from AOD Media Watch and Curtin University and Ash Blackwell as well with some tips now for people that might be on opioid substitution therapy programs or have uh, another prescription of some kind. Please, for more information, do consult with your doctor. Head online to the Victoria Health website where there are resources and information about the COVID-19 response and also hrvic.org.au forward slash COVID-19-U with some information for people who use drugs at Harm Reduction Victoria's website. The response to this health crisis is highlighting um, the social disparity. So it's not just prohibition, it's um, highlighting the fact that when we put people in prison, we actually put them in an environment where they're less likely to ever be able to thrive. And that the people that could be released from prison immediately probably didn't need to be sent there in the first place. Um, Yeah, so prohibition is one example where the illicit drug market yeah, prioritizes things like social order and um, 
you know, keeping people in control. And then when something like a virus, uh, when we're dealing with that, then we really have to prioritize health. And so it's like, this is what prioritizing health can look like. Imagine if we did it every day, mm. <laughs> maybe not in quarantine, but took measures that really did prioritize health, made sure that people had all the basics that they need. Um, yeah, I feel should... like there's been a, whole, a silver lining to, like, to, to you know, the, some of the changes that have occurred in Victoria, the, the, the discussion around New South Wales legal system. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the changes in prescribing, the um, restrictions on alcohol. All of the, all, there's, there's been a lot of positive change, a lot of positive things that people have been pushing for for a long time. That due to COVID, all of a sudden suddenly these things have been implemented pharmacists have been pushing for, for things like this for, for years and all of a sudden because we're at a, a critical point um it does highlight that what, what what is important and the important things actually happen very quickly when they need to happen mm. um did we want to uh touch so the stuff around prisons nick it actually follows advice that came from um the European Office of the World Health Organization on the 23rd of March. And um, it has, I guess, some kind of detailed guidance on uh, how to deal with prisons, like specifically highlighting them as, as one of the high risk areas for infection. There was a group of experts who put together uh, recommended changes so that the um, guidelines here um, so it encouraged pharmacists to exercise more discretion, say with takeaways. But um, my understanding is that's still awaiting sign-off from the health minister. Uh, then in regard to benzodiazepines, uh, so the example I gave earlier where anything on Schedule 4, which does include some uh, benzos like mazepam, um, pharmacists have discretion to extend um, scripts when someone's received a script in the past and in theory anywhere that uses safe scripts the online monitoring system you could go to any pharmacy so it didn't even have to be the one that dispensed it last time but if it was a substance that was um, a schedule uh, eight so some of the opioids the painkillers and something like um, alprazolam that one you would still have to go to the doctor and get a proper script uh, and take it into the pharmacy. What was the third one? Uh, heart, general harm reduction tips, you were yeah, saying? For, yeah, for, for people, I especially mean, as people might be a little bit more stressed uh, at this time and they might be um, uh, you know, doing things that they don't normally do or, or changing you know, habits, routines. I mean, I think it's really good to get uh, get a little bit of a routine to things that you consider healthy. So, like, if it's meditation or a little bit of exercise, just having something that's, like, anchoring for you every day. And you might want to do a little bit of journaling, taking notes, and so maybe just documenting what your use patterns are. You don't have to spend a lot of time writing it down, but just so you've got a record. So maybe at maybe rationing out if you have, like, stockpiled um, something that you use at home, having a real uh, idea of uh, like a regulated dose, just so you realize if you are like wanting to to lean on it a bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe even thinking about really practical things like hazards around your home and uh, just to say, like, I mean, that's a good thing to think about because we're all spending a lot more time 
in a confined space now. So just, yeah, becoming familiar with uh, any of the hazards uh, and then just pre practicing the basic, uh, like, I mean, try to stay connected with people rather than using alone, but yeah, um, really depends on your individual circumstance and coming up with a bit of Can a I plan. just add to what yes. you've said, because I think that you, you've given some really good specific harm reduction strategies, but some of that earlier stuff, some of the broader general mental health stuff that's really important, I feel like the elephant in the room at the moment is, um, you know, we, we, this is a whole show about COVID. Everybody is on their social media looking at COVID. People are looking at graphs, waiting for that, <laughs> that line to flatten. And it, it's, it's paradoxically addictive to, you know, to try to keep on top of all the COVID information. And so I think it's important to restrict the amount of time that you're spending on social media, um, you know, that you're being exposed to that because it is sort of paradoxically addictive. Even though it causes you distress, you kind of want to read more. It's like watching a train wreck and you just want to, you want to watch the car accident. So I think it's good to try to, to try to, try to, um, yeah, re regulate how, how much information you're accessing and where you're accessing that information from. I think uh, Zoom is just about out of time for us. So thank you very much uh, to Steph from uh, Dancewise and uh, Dr. Stephen Bright from AOD Media Watch uh, from, uh, and from Prism Psychedelic Research and Science and Medicine. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. Rooms. Today, we've got some tips and discussion on reducing hazards in your home. The Dancewise crew are regularly catching up during this brave new world and sharing our tips. Um, we're talking about hazards today and fire is a huge hazard, especially like when cooking, particularly if you're a person that likes an altered state and you might do things a bit differently or try new recipes or forget that the oven's on or, you know, uh, things like that that might start fire. So fire extinguisher is super important. Fire blanket, know your fire safety and get your fire um, smoke alarm checked. That was a short snippet from Dancewise's tips for reducing hazards in your home available on their social media channels. This has been in Psychedelia. We'll be putting out more content via social media uh, during the week as we track the drug stories from quarantine during COVID-19. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Get in touch with us if you have any information to share on drug trends or concerns you may have. We have a secure email address at our website. Also happy to receive any audio or video snippets if you want to send them through, uh, if you're happy for them to be broadcast too. Stay tuned to 3CR. This is Psychedelia. You've been listening to a 3CR community radio podcast of Psychedelia. Produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.